Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Well, hello and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. And Kevin Phillip. Well, no, no, Kevin Phillip. No, 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 let me say it. Let me say it. Kevin Phillip, Aloysius Eugene Hillier. Right. Uh, Esquire. But when your name was read out in class, many, 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 Mm. many, 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 many. Not that many, many, thank you. (laughs) And they went, Sarah Patterson, Mm -hmm. what did you do? I said present. I said present. Did you say present or did you say here, miss? No, I said present. Yeah. Well, we didn't call our teachers Miss. We called them by their first oh, names. The fact that they're blokes. You did not. <laughs> yes, we did. You didn't call your teachers oh, by their first names? Only behind their backs. Oh, okay. Why, what did you say, Kevin? Oh, yes, Mrs. Cryle. Mm, polite little here, Kevin. Here, mm. Mrs. Cryle. Yes, Mrs. <laughs> Cryle. No, Mrs. Cryle. Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Present. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Kevin. Yeah, g'day. And accounted for. Uh, yes, all accounted for. A great show coming up uh, today. Terrific food poll. Oh, well, it's a very controversial one. It's disgraceful. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's despicable. It's, I know, it's indigestible. But we had to go there. Black pudding. Mm hmm. Oh. It's a breakfast favourite with the Brits. Oh. <laughs> now, I haven't I haven't tried it, so uh, I'll have to reserve my Neither judgment. have I because I just can't bring myself to even, knowing what it is, mm. I just can't bring myself well, to put it in my mouth. Yes. Shall Ugh. we say what it is? Yeah. It's pig's blood. Yes. It's a big block. <laughs> or congealed. It's a big block of congealed pig's blood. Oh, what could be more tasty than that? This looks a desk. Bit, well, if you use your imagination, it looks a bit like a salami. Uh that will come up. Oh, there that you will go. come up uh, in one of the uh, one of the posts uh, from. But we uh, have a wonderful guest. Uh, yes, he's a beauty, father of uh, two, mm-hmm. uh, an international th- father of three. Sorry, and an international sporting superstar, the very mm-hmm. first Australian ever. The mm. only Australian to ever win the Tour de France. Cadell Evans. We're so thrilled to have uh, Cadell. And he's such a, a modest, down-to-earth kind of guy. For someone who has achieved the, the lofty heights that he has uh, in sport, <laughs> he's, a, he's a very um, very humble guy. Very unassuming and, uh, and uh, actually loves the kitchen. Yeah, he does. And he's discovering more and more about the kitchen, as we'll discover more and more about the superstar, Cadell Evans, right now. You're on Food Bites. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Cadell, um, we're obviously very well aware of your cycling prowess, but uh, what's your prowess in the kitchen like? My prowess in the kitchen? Um, nothing <laughs> nearly to what it is on the bike. <laughs> I, 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 I think I'm in the opposite way that most people go. I, single mother, um, only child, had to look after myself. Mother taught me to be very independent Went over to Europe, lived on my own for quite a few years, cooked everything myself, prepared everything myself, Yeah, really looked after myself to now where um, my partner, Stefania, who's Italian, likes cooking, is a fantastic cook. She loves her things prepared the way she she has them. So I sort of leave her to do the thing and uh, help out where I can. Well, let's go back to your, your childhood to start out, Cadell, because I wasn't aware that you were born in the in the territory in, uh, in Catherine. What were those uh, early days like there? Um, I, I moved away when I was very young, so um, I don't have a great recollection of it. But um, my my very young parents went up there for uh, work opportunities, adventure, and uh, to get away from the city. And, and then I came along. So, yeah, it shows up on my passport, of course. 
born Catherine North NT, <laughs> which is a long way from anywhere, but I went away from it. We moved away from there when I was three years old, so I don't have a, a great recollection of that. I certainly, at that age, I don't remember ha- ever having a meal there. <laughs> <laughs> what did you grow up eating? What what were you, was it a meat and three veg household? No, um, my mother was uh, quite health conscious, still is, and uh, very much vegetable based. Most of the cooking was probably done through my mother or my mother's partner, actually. All very um, economic, conscious meals, but uh, mostly vegetables, not much meat. I think meat once a week and it was a bit of a regular thing, either stir-fried vegetables and rice, spaghetti and uh, tomato sauce. And there was a third one on the menu, I think. Doesn't spring to mind, but if I had it twice a week, I probably should remember that we were very... um, (laughs) It was quite simple food, but but reasonably healthy. I think that sort of really stayed with me. Actually, I I still eat um, very simple food, and and I don't have a lot of sauces and things like that. Those habits that we we learn in childhood seem to stay. And now with two young, very young children, I, I'm I'm seeing that more and more. Well, moving from well suburban Melbourne and then finding yourself in a place like Europe and and looking after yourself. I mean, big wide world out there. And and how did it impact uh, your your food choices? And is that where you you, you started to to learn more about uh, food? Um, yeah, I think as I was living um, sort of in what or what was um, rural rural Melbourne, um, just in the outskirts of Melbourne, yeah. all suburbs now, of course. Because I, I was aspiring to be a cyclist and going to Europe to race and so on. But I had a real um, when I was young, about seventeen, eighteen years old onwards, I had a real um, developed a real interest for all things culinary, food, wine, and, and particularly Italian food always fascinated me. And that was where I saw started reading books and I still have my Cella Hazen's book, I think, somewhere on the bookshelf there next to my Stephen Alexander's Cook Companion and, and those kinds of books. But I really grew up with those and really enjoying those. And then, of course, going to Europe, being able to delve into it uh, deeper and deeper. And especially when I first went to Europe, I raced a lot in North America and Europe, but I was spending a lot of time in Italy and um, whether they were Italian teammates that I had or Friends and I, friends, friendships that I had going to an Italian's house and seeing how they eat and they prepare their food. It was sort of was a great, great learning experience, and that really shapes the the way we live today. Cadell, were you a three hundred and sixty five day a year athlete eater? If you know what I mean. Yeah, and I'm still actually pretty strict. Actually, um, strict, I suppose, because out of habit, but also I just, um, I suppose, I, I work so hard in my life to be healthy and. And so on that I sort of kept some of those habits or I suppose what splurging for me is probably not much splurging for, for many others. But but yeah, I I always was very quite careful with what I ate. I um as an athlete, the sort of I always saw it on two sides. There's the science, nutrition, dietetic side of food, what you actually consume, but I always looked at it in balance with the psychological side of it and that whole food. Um, I think some of the best dietary advice I got from a sports doctor, it was an Australian doctor, and I remember he said, um, food is there to be enjoyed. Mm. And because food, especially living in Europe where food is such a, a social occasion and Switzerland, Italy, those places, everything closes down at lunchtime, everyone goes and has a meal, their, their day sort of sends it really uh, is planned around that. I think I have a great deal of respect for that because you have a great, greater appreciation of what you do eat and in the end you end up eating better and because you're eating better and I appreciate it more, you're sort of eating less as well. So yeah. whereas when I travel in America and I see these people 
driving along past the drive through coffee and buying a litre of um, cappuccino or something, <laughs> sipping it with, un, 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 without even knowing I'm so bad for your health. Yeah. I uh, read recently, it was semi-recently, you, you did a little uh, segment type thing called Day on a Plate and it turns out you don't mind uh, the occasional coffee. Um, I kind of live on my coffee. I'm very much the time productivity, okay, in a rush, don't have much time to eat. So just just threw down a smoothie now. Um, <laughs> didn't didn't have much time between a ride and, and other things going on in my day, but um, I certainly spend the time, make a good coffee, and I go and get my special beans from – actually, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the grinders beans at the moment. I've just come back from Europe. Have the big espresso machine at home, and I have my I have my coffee simple and strong, but uh, it's got to be very good. <clears throat> you don't consider yourself a coffee snob, would you? Have instant if it were the only thing available? No, I'd <laughs> I'd much rather I'd much rather have a a, a caffeine a lack of caffeine headache than instant coffee. No, I'm very much the, <laughs> it's got to be <laughs> fresh and well prepared. Yeah, and, no, fair and, enough. And I good espresso. What about uh, yeah. with the coffee? Is there a sweet tooth lurking anywhere and all that? Is there a little sort of guilty indulgence anywhere that you let yourself have? No, I'm, I'm, I when I was younger, I was I was a bit more on the sweets, and I loved like creme caramel and the, those. Um, um, creme brulee and those kinds of dishes, but uh, I think when I um, when I I so used to I started in a sport mountain bike, but when I switched to the road and riding the Tour de France, you end up consuming a lot of sweet food and you sort of actually get sick of it. Well, mm-hmm. I found I got I got sick of eating sweet food because you're eating sweets all day on the bike, and in a, in a race like the Tour de France, you're eating a lot of sweet food every day for three weeks. And I think I sort of I sort of lost my sweet tooth. Um, every night I sit down after dinner, I have my chamomile tea with honey and uh, two or three squares of lint, 70, 78% chocolate, sort of a, a bit of a staple of my day. But no, I, I'm, 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 the, I'm one of those ones who passes on dessert. Do you uh, still favour more of a plant-based diet? Um, I mean, you've said in the past you're not vegetarian, but you don't eat meat every day. Is that still the case? Yeah, I think um, I, I do like meat. So lucky enough to go to a business dinner last night in a, in a grill, so I had a steak. But uh, I think I don't like preparing meat and fish mm-hmm. much, to be honest. So, so I don't. And my partner Stefania is vegetarian, so of course she doesn't prepare any meat or fish. But um, I think it's more for environmental reasons, actually, than anything else that I I don't eat uh, so much meat anymore. Not because I don't like it or, or anything else. My boys in the house they eat meat most days. And of course, they're big two and four years old. We're um, mm-hmm. we're we're not sort of forcing them onto a vegetarian diet or anything like that. But um, but they they eat meat nearly every day. Cadell, how much do you ride these days? Do you spend much time on the bike these days? I mean, I know obviously in your heyday there would you would have clocked up enormous mm-hmm. kilometres. What about these days? <laughs> yes, um, as a professional cyclist, I think my. My biggest years were around about 37,000 kilometres a year on the bike between all the racing and training. So it's a lot of time sat on a bike, and you know, all that time, which equates to about a thousand hours, is yeah, you're eating and drinking sweet food, sweet drinks, and so on. Which is maybe why, maybe why that sweet tooth got a bit got a bit uh, <laughs> diluted or lost. But now. I, I aim to do 10,000 kilometres a year, but I, I haven't been able to get there because with a two and a four-year-old, that's just uh, that's just not, not not realistic at the moment. But um, no, I went out for a little roll today just to test some equipment and things, and I'll, I'll, I'll ride an hour or two tomorrow. But I think it's ride to a work meeting, ride home kind of thing. It's still riding a bike, but not not true. Just going out for a ride. 
Two, two hours in any one day would be a week's worth for most people. It's just a little rollout for you. That's hysterical. Two hours, two hours stuff to count as a, as, as a ride, I suppose. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> for, for me, I'm at that level now. Yeah, Cadell, you are. Your name is synonymous with with Australian cycling, world cycling, and there must have been so many highlights over the journey. And I'm sure you have been asked this question before. But is there anything over all of that time, the competitive years, that that stands out for you more than others? I think now that it's seven years since I did my last professional race, so I I, th- I think as as the time passes by, you look at your um, you look at your career or your experiences with probably a little bit more balanced perspective. Um, you forget some of the details. So, so now when I look back at it, I, um, of course, I appreciate the opportunity. And, and as a, as an athlete, I, I saw every day as an opportunity to work hard, to do better, to to do the best I could. And that that was sort of a, a motivating factor for me. In, in the athletic realm, but also I look at the opportunity to travel the world and now we speak about food and experiences and was last month in France, fortunate enough to be doing something there and indulging in, in, in different um, different foods that I would normally never have, have at home. Yeah, that whole opportunity to have, um, to be a professional athlete, to represent my country, to be surrounded by people whose job is to keep you healthy and, and well, that um, to, to travel the world was yeah, probably that opportunity now, something I look back as, as the highlight of it all. Was the, the Champs-Élysées and that, that crowning moment for you, is that still vivid in your mind and do, do, does that kind of replay in your head and put a smile on your face even today? Um, yeah, I, I, people still talk about it a lot, so I'm, I'm reminded of it uh, often. It's um, for certainly my in my career. It was the biggest and most uh, important uh, result of my career, and, and the Tour de France in, in our sport something that really goes beyond cycling and beyond sport for that matter. Yeah. So that really resonates not just in Australia but but around the world. Um, but of course, I had my my own sort of um, personal victories or, or good results, even they may not have been victories, but where um, you know I was considered I'd, I'd never be able to do it or never be able to get anywhere close and. I went beyond what people expected or what I expected of myself. And those those personal sort of favourite results are also important. The Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road race is, is back after a couple of years away. That's that's terrific news for everybody. The People's Race, it's it's lovingly known as. Well, we have the People's Ride, which is the, the public participation ride. But also, as a, as a cycling event, of course, we have World Tour Cyclists, the best cyclists in the world, um, We've just found out that Chris Room's going to be coming in um, January, past Excellent. Tour de France winner, multiple Tour de France winner, and it's a day. A, a lot of a, I like to think that a lot of people who don't aren't normally cyclists be a cyclist for a day or for the weekend, and and that's really where um, for me to to be able to promote my sport and maybe introduce people to to a new sport. It's it's, it's a fantastic opportunity for me to do that and, and also to give back to my, to my own sport that gave me so much over the years. Yep. SBS did that wonderful thing where they were pairing up the, right. uh, uh, the regions that you were dr- riding through in the Tour de France with, with the food of the yes. region and doing the, doing the kind of the match-up there, which was it's just a fabulous Beautiful. idea. 
It's it's um and and having also ridden the Tour of Italy as well, which um oh, yeah. I'm a little bit partial to the Italian kitchen. But even in the race book, in each stage you go to, there's one page dedicated to a few cultural things, and it's the local dish or the local wine, or and of course I, I read it watching the race in the Tour of Italia, but it's not like we're having a roasted rabbit or something when we're in Tuscany, um, <laughs> riding 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 the Giro d'Italia. But I always found that that fascinating and that whole. I found Italy really fascinating because they've kept their old menus alive, and their, each area is so historically, or, their, or what they eat is so historically tied to their past. It's oh, I found that really fascinating traveling around, and um, as I was over there just a few weeks ago, walking up into the forest to these old refu- uh, refugios, ref- mountain refuges, where they still serve polenta cooked on a fire and these kinds of things. It's um, probably hasn't. It's probably the same, almost the same as fifty years ago or more. And and to do, to do, to that experience, it's it's simple, it's nice, but also you're, you're hiking up in the mountains. It's cold. You get there, you're starving, hungry, and they bring out this wonderful food. It's it's um, fantastic. Very simple, like table wine and um, I had polenta and brasato. It's like this. This is a slow cooked beef in the in the sauce. Oh. And uh, it was that was, was a nice day. Oh, absolutely. Cadell, yeah. we've talked briefly uh, about your uh, your kids. Um, fatherhood, how, how has that been for you? So I have three children, a 12-year-old who doesn't doesn't live with us, but uh, we have a four, four-year-old and a two-year-old. Two-year-old's just uh, just nodded off to sleep, fortunately, uh-huh. and the four-year-old, four-year-old's just been taken off to the doctor to get something checked before he goes back to daycare oh. tomorrow. During this whole pandemic and closure period, it's been, from one part, probably good timing. Not that, not that we timed it in for any reason for that, but I've certainly had a lot of been able to have a lot of time with them, and many fathers would envy envy that the opportunity to be able to stay home and um, be with your children. That's been a, a great experience. I, I think uh, the once advice a father told me it's uh, amazing what your children teach teach you about yourself, and I see that every day in the way they. They copy everything you do. They look at everything you do, and that's just just amazing. It's um, yeah. Of course, make sure you realize what you do, what you do right, but also <laughs> what you don't do so right. That's been fascinating. But I have to say, uh, I've been also lucky in my career where I had a a very um, I worked very hard when I was very young, and I had I had a short and intense career, which sport is. But I was lucky to be a professional athlete for twenty years, which is already long by sporting terms. Then my life slowed down, and I had more time to be able to spend with my family and children. And so we're very, um, when we sit down to a meal in the evening, we all sit down at the table together, tablecloth and serviettes. We went to a, an Aussie barbecue the other day, and the kids wouldn't eat. And it's sort of like, well, because there wasn't a table to sit at, and I suppose that's the habits that ah. they, they they have. So, well, well, it's a disadvantage that they don't eat. I, I think it's good that they have these good habits to sit down and enjoy their food and. Spending so much time in Europe, I, I think we, have, we we sort of have to look at some of the European nations, France, um, Switzerland, Italy. Most places still stop for lunch mm. and they sit down and they have a hot meal, which seems like a, to us, almost indulgent. I find the, the, the shop closures and things a bit inconvenient, but um, I could never get used to that living over there. But mm. uh, I, I still have not been able to get used to that being based over there. But um, people sit down, they eat a good meal, and I think they appreciate it and enjoy it, and they actually end up eating less, which is healthier because if you look at the rates of obesity, they're actually quite low in those countries where they stop and have lunch. So I think that's something as Australian that we need to um, keep in mind in our in our habits. Yeah. 
Right. Hey, normally we finish off, Cadell, asking uh, our guest for a kitchen tip. I'm going to ask you something different. We're, we're heading into summer. We're heading into people getting out and about. You mentioned, uh, you know, we need to get uh, out and about more and uh, and look at the obesity rates and stuff. So give us a safety tip, yeah. a, a, a bicycle a bicycling <laughs> safety tip that uh, that you would give to someone if they're about to head out and maybe jump on a bike for the first time in ages and, and hit the roads? Um, oh, a cycling safety tip, and, and since we're at food bites, well, I'd, I'd say, and this is one thing I say to a lot of people, if you're starting in cycling, the, the most important thing is what you eat and drink while you're actually cycling. Mm. So in terms of safety tip, yeah, be careful when you're eating because, if you're riding and you, you don't stop, you can You do have to take one or maybe two handle, hands off the handlebars. But it's kind of like putting fuel in the car. It's always better to put some fuel in before you run out of petrol, isn't it? Because yeah. obviously once the car runs out of petrol, your body's a bit the same. The more you eat and drink while you're doing a, a long ride, the, the, the easier mm. it is and the more, the more enjoyable it is. That's a... It's a pretty basic thing, but it's 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 often forgotten. It's an excellent tip, and it's incorporated what, food, which I reckon yeah, is terrific. Very good. Well done. <laughs> good work. Well, it's what you eat and eat and drink on the bike that matters most. Cadell, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Look forward to the uh, Great Ocean Road Race being back uh, in uh, early 2023, that last weekend of January in 2023. And uh, thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for being on Food Bike. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me on the show. You're listening to Food Bite with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. The Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race back in the final weekend of January. So make sure you jump on the website now and be involved. Everyone loves to wear lycra at least once they in their do. life. And what a beautiful part of the world if you're going to have a cycling oh. race. Yeah, I mean, the Tour de France is beautiful and we wax lyrically about uh, all the areas and all that stuff, but gee, the Great Ocean Road is not too not too shabby either. Absolutely. Now, to the food poll for this week. What is this stuff again? Oh, well, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's black pudding. <laughs> Couldn't bring yourself to say it, No, could I had to think about it. I was thinking about a big traditional English cooked breakfast. I was thinking bacon, mushrooms, yeah, well, hash browns, and a little some circles of, uh, of black pudding on the side, ooh. which, if you're not familiar with it, it is uh, well, it is animal congealed animal blood, basically, in, in mm. a sort of sausage form, I guess you'd say. <laughs> but some pe- the people who love it swear by it. You know, it's just not getting any more appealing. No, no. Appealing. Let's see what the survey says. Right. You <laughs> Ding. Go. Sue says, oh, God, no, definitely not. Artie Stevens says, look, I've had this a few oh. times in my life. Mostly it's a nay because they were in the main awful. <laughs> that said, we're at a beautiful B&B at Embleton in mm. England's glorious Lake District. Mm. And it may have been just the way we were feeling yeah. or the black pudding was better than usual. Delicious oh, that morning. Okay. Eddie says, Ugh. Diana Russo <laughs> says, yum, I get the one from Coles. I didn't know you could get it at Coles. <laughs> Len Murphy says, oh, yes. Joylene says, nay for me, but my dad loved it. Rebecca says, not in a million years, even before I was vegan. Pete Tanowski <laughs> says, no, no, no. Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, Silvana, I have never tried it. Annalise says, not, definitely not. Sue Hosking, I'll let you know when I come back from Scotland next year, all kinds of delicacies are being lined up for me to try. Oh, be very afraid. And Muriel <laughs> says, hmm, yay and nay, depending on who made it and where I'm eating it, when I'm in Scotland... It's yay. So ah. there you go, Sue. There's a little tip for you. <laughs> Davin says it is a yay from me. Karen says definitely not. On a flight north from London was given a traditional English fry-up oh. for breakfast. 
and that nasty <laughs> black stodgy thing was on my plate. Being a business class flight, I was surrounded by businessmen on their way north for work. Being so young, polite and naive, I cleared <laughs> my plate. Let's just say I've never been more excited to be on the tarmac in my oh, life. Oh, dearie me. Got a bit sick. <laughs> Marilyn so? says, most definitely not. Mum cooked it for us regularly when I was a kid, but it always gave me heartburn. <laughs> Ali says, no, but my husband's from Ireland and he loves it. Charlene says, oh, no way, in caps. <laughs> Susan says, yuck, definitely no. <laughs> Rosemary Walton, in small doses maybe once or twice a year from Rob's British Butcher in Dandenong. The Hi. very talented Mr Steve Bastoni, currently been seen <laughs> in the movie Poker Face <laughs> yes. on Stan with Russell Crowe, <laughs> yes. says, and I translate because I can't read what he wrote. <laughs> What's worse than nay? Yeah. How do you Expletive nay. <laughs> Get that vampire salami out of my face. No way. Oh, I think he's made that fairly clear. Vampire salami. <laughs> it's works. T-shirt material. It works for me. Old Crokey says... Uh, Wembley says a hearty expletive yay <laughs> from me with bacon on toast. Oh, and look at this. Kate Stevenson says hell yay, particularly a nice spiced Spanish... Morcilla? Morcilla, I don't know. Rod says fried with an English full fry-up mm. breakfast, mm. just like mm. Uh, mm. they serve on the business flights uh, going to and England. And you can go forth to Wayne. Here we go. Wayne says it's a blood-based circle of culinary distress. <laughs> <laughs> and really, Wayne, you know what? You should have stopped there because you don't need to say anything more. It's a blood-based circle of culinary distress. That is just beautiful. Uh, that can traumatise a first-time overseas traveller. It did me. The only thing black pudding was ever good for was as the basis for a particularly amusing episode of The Goodies in Season 5. <laughs> I know Australia is a multicultural melting pot of ideas mm. and cuisines, customs and the like, and I respect that. Mm. We have embraced pizzas of all type, the wonderful souvlaki mm. and tikka masalas. Mm. We love tacos, burritos, churros and tostitos. We do. But we haven't embraced this. <laughs> Keep your 70s English filth <laughs> for when you jump on the time machine from Tullamarine, that's an airliner to those of us in polite society, and go back to that culinary wasteland that you came from. <laughs> Nobody eats this crap. If you enjoy this, you're either an abject liar or you used to eat the yellow snow that your older sibling showed you on your first skiing trip. <laughs> oh. Uh, 10 out of 10. Actually, 11 out of 10, Wayne. Yeah. It's that's one of his best. It's a blood-based circle of culinary distress. Oh, my goodness. I love it. It's poetry in motion. Yes, it is. I love it. And uh, look, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was closer than you would think yes. with all the other uh, ones that we get that we, we haven't read out. It was about 60-40. Mm, in f- not in favour Not of. in favour, no. No against. Yeah. Well, it was one of those foods though, isn't it? I mean, I, I, how many people who are saying, oh, no, have, have actually even sort of tried it? I know I haven't, but I, I would be averse to trying it. I couldn't. It. I, mm. I, unless you hit it under something. And some people were, a lot of comments said put tomato sauce with it. Then it just tastes like... Yeah, but like, hang on. So for you, it's the psychology side of it. Oh, if you didn't know what it was... Well, how many times on this program have we talked to people and said, oh, you eat with your eyes? Mm. Well, you start to eat with your eyes. Mm. But it looks fairly appealing. No, it doesn't. It looks like a big black thing of blood. (laughs) 
It lo- it, you know what it looked like? The photo that you put up looked like a giant blood blister. I think it looks like a salami. It looks like something you got on the back of your heel when you're playing cricket <laughs> and, you're, and you're, sh- you're breaking in a new pair of shoes. Oh, well, the that's, big put, black that's thing put me that's off it even no, more. Thank you. Yes, no, can't, uh, can't handle that. Hey, thanks to Cadell Evans for being on our program. Yes. Uh, terrific to have him as a guest. And don't forget the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race uh, the last weekend in January. It's on Jump on the website and get involved in that. Hop on your bike. Yes, only a few shopping days till Christmas and you haven't bought my present yet or Sarah, <laughs> so you better move. Uh, until the next time, uh, eat heartily, eat healthily, and we'll talk to you soon. Ho, ho, ho. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.